And today we're going to have a special guest. Chris Lobo is going to join us, and we've got a number of things on the slate tonight. Uh, we've got a little MLB talk. Yeah. We've got a little bit of uh, NFL talk. Even better. And then now we've got NHL has just started up, so we want to take a look at what can we do with our modeling on the NHL as well. Sounds perfect. So let's start out with the introductions here. Gary, Brian, and joining us live from New Jersey, Chris Lobo. Say hi, Chris. What's up, everybody? <laughs> All right, thank you. All right, so we're going to have a Q&A segment this day for anybody that's that's watching on the Riverside platform. If you're on a PC, you will be able to join in live and ask your question. You don't have to be on camera. You can turn your camera off, but that'll allow you to join us, uh, and we can answer your questions live. So in a little bit. Hang, hang in there. We'll we'll bring that comment back up and show you what to do. And hopefully some of you can join in and ask your questions. So let's jump right over to Major League Baseball. Where do you want to start? A lot to talk about. Well, what have we seen with the MLB playoffs? I, I'll start, then I'll go to Chris, if that's cool with you, Chris. Um, obviously, you, you, you know me. You probably see my picks every day. It was fascinating to watch the dogs for the last two months. I said this in the last couple you know, podcasts, how it was incredible. 43 44% was making money. Use the exact same model in the playoffs, and it doesn't work the same way. Right? Is it a correction? Is it the parity in the playoffs? Is it the model? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I don't have year-to-year model snapshots, so I, I don't have all the data to really compare the year-to-year, but... Um, I, I, the best part about the tool is we're capturing the data this year. Next year, I can see the trends from the previous year, see what kind of is happening or occurring in the current year, and kind of do the compare and start to figure out yep. trends, right? So that's that's kind of how I look at it. I'm actually looking at the games right now. Um, but anyway, the, the thing is, the, the tool, what, the regular season, great. Postseason, not sure it's the same uh, model. That's what I'm seeing. It hasn't been quite the same. My model is is performing differently in the playoffs. Exactly. From what I've seen so far, but like you said, there's a there's only a limited sample set to look at right now. What do you think, Chris? What's your analysis on the uh, postseason versus the regular uh, season? Playoffs are a different animal entirely. Uh, if you're looking at the, whether you're looking at it from a market perspective, or you're looking at it from a from like a a more traditional modeling perspective. It's just different. Uh, there's no, it's, it's do or die. So teams are playing completely differently than they would in a massively long regular season. And uh, I don't know. I think the take is a lot different too. I think the books are taking substantially more action. Uh, some of our picks, you know, if we think about throughout the year, you're talking about two teams that are totally out of contention. It just doesn't have a lot of public interest, but, but we don't care. We love that stuff. You know, in a bit of way, it actually makes the market a little softer. So, mm-hmm. I'm not particularly surprised that, you know, it's a different. I know a lot of people who stop betting in the playoffs. Really, uh, how the regular season ends and the bulk of their action ends, too. Yeah. No, I, I love it. Is there any trends or anything you look at at all in the postseason? Do you look like one of the things I look at during the regular seasons is like the home road record and the playoffs? I was watching the games. I'm like, wow, what a different dynamic when the crowd's really into it. They're starting their top, what, three pitchers, not their fourth and fifth. There's so many variables that I don't see in the regular season that I'm like, just, it just stands out to me. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I do the same. The only thing that I can rely on is, is I don't know, see where the line's going after it first comes out. But even that's like, it doesn't have the same, um, it's harder to get the same edge, I, I you know, the one thing that stands out to me, I can tell you without even looking at analytics, I see every year from year to year in the playoffs, but I haven't, I did bet last night live as I have noticed that the pitching's better and the unders seem to hit a lot higher. The over-unders are lower and the unders seem to do better in the playoffs than any other time during the baseball season. So I think next year, one of the things I should do, and we know people in our community, that are big over-under betters, right? I think I really need to focus on the over-under aspect more than the actual game line. That's that's kind. Of, I'd agree with you. Yeah, it's a little ironic as you say that Philly just scored their ninth run. But <laughs> hey, the same time Minnesota's down here. What's this one to one? So fifty fifty. No free lunch. No free lunch. Well, let's get past baseball. Let's All get right, into some more interesting things. I, I want to get to the. I like NFL. Chris likes hockey. That's your sport, isn't it, bro? All right. Quick recap: NFL Week Five. Well, let's talk about. Um, let's do two, do. Let me pull up. Can you see the screen, Chris? That, yeah, I'm sharing. Go to go to two, Tim. I'm going to basically pull up the. Uh, let's pull up some days here. Let's go from September 7th through October, which would have been the 9th, which was Monday. Let's just do a quick peek of the uh, analytics just for fun, right? Let's just kind of see what – I'm actually – we're in NHL. We're going to actually build a couple analytical models or uh, gadgets so you can see some things there. Give me a second. So here's what we have after, what, five weeks. The way teams is favorite, 55%, plus 1.4 units. Not really overly compelling after five weeks to be up 1.4 units. I can't say that's a really a trend. Got a lot of 50%ers here away team – as underdog, 50, 21 and 21, home team is favorite. Look at these, Brian. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about some freaking even results after five weeks. One thing I really used to look at a lot was the spreads, minus one, minus two, thinking that minus one and minus two was really not the favorite. Right now, minus one is 50-50. Minus two is actually two and one. That seems a little bit high to me. Um, let's see. Here's an interesting one. When a team goes to 10 and a 10 and a half point, there's only one game where I guess it was exactly 10 and a half, 10 to 10 and a half when it closed that we captured shows one. I don't know if my date range is right. Looks off a little bit. Um, let's see. Plus three is hitting uh, eight and three at 73%. That plus three is that, because I always say, man, when you get to like minus two and a half, they're almost suckering you into betting the favorite, right? At three or three and a half is where it gets interesting. But plus three and a half is 0 and 8. That's another trend I love. I love the minus three and a half. I and I hate the minus two and a half. Look at that. Plus three and a half. That's huge. I mean, I should say minus three and a half. Let me go back to the minus three and a half. Three minus three and a half this year has not lost. Phenomenal. Minus two and a half, which I hate. Actually, that some reason it's not capturing that. It must be minus two. There's there's something off on the data slightly here. But the point of it is you can see the trends of the date games it's pulling. I can click on these two. Actually, matter of fact, I'll do that just to kind of take this one step further. If I go to the minus three and a half and click on this gadget to show this, you guys will see exactly the eight games. So it comes up. And if I could add a little thing. Yeah, go ahead. I'd like to see where the line opened at the games that were minus three and a half. I want to see if it was moved to make it more enticing to go on to the dog or if it opened and went the other direction. You follow what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. I can make I can make um, some models for analytics to do exactly that. I have some change of direction uh, models, but it doesn't take the combination that you're talking about. I'm just going to run down here super quick, so it shows the games. I think it'll start here. Here's your open to. 
Oh, no, those are all the same. I don't know if that's these, these are the games. I, when I clicked on the minus uh, three and a half for the eight and oh, it pulls up the games at the bottom to show me which games down here actually won. So Atlanta was minus three and a half covered, right? New England. I'm sorry. Yeah, New England was, or I'm sorry, Philadelphia was minus three and a half, barely covered by one and a half. So you can kind of see the games, see the results, and kind of reconcile what we're looking at. Let's see what else we had in here that kind of stands out. Spreads at five and a five and a half or undefeated. Two and oh is not exactly a big sample size. Plus three at 73%. Man, that plus three and minus three and a half. It's interesting. It's really interesting to me how minus two and a half, three and three and a half varies so much. Um, let's get down here into some other things really quickly. Here's one you might like, uh, Chris and Brian. No line movement, six and nine. Uh, that's on the favorites. When the favorites, when there's no linemen on the favorites, we're at six and nine at forty percent. If we're actually on the dogs with no line movement, they're hitting sixty percent at plus two point three, and it's a little bit more compelling. Uh, reverse line movement. I cannot believe reverse line movement right now is at eight and seventeen and thirty-two percent. I would expect that that to be almost like the opposite at sixty-six percent. But I haven't really been betting reverse line movement a lot. But that's really interesting. I would not expect that forward line movement. But again, what percentage was a split when you got this, right? Is it 20% or 45%? I don't really do splits or look at the, I don't really call it reverse line movement if it's like, let's say 40 to 50%. I just don't feel like that's really a big enough percent to really see it's forcing the line in the wrong direction. You get to 20 to 30% of the split and you see it reverse backwards, then I can really see that the sharps are on it, right? But 45%, it's a little harder to see. But these are interesting metrics. Uh, then we get to the splits, right? Look at the splits down here. Was there any split ranges? I usually like the 30 to 40. It's only at 40%. The 51 to 60, which I absolutely hate, is actually not doing too bad at 61% right now. 61 to 70%. This is basically falling the public. It's at 77%. It's bizarre to me. At 71 to 80. Who's uh, 61 to 70% of the split right now is at okay. plus 6.1 units. 71 to 80. It basically... Wow. And then look at 81 and 90. I mean, honestly, I don't know what you guys think. I always feel like the public's done pretty well the first five weeks. Thoughts? They do have to win. The public does win. <laughs> I, I know they do. I know. I bet with the public sometimes. I don't bait them every time. That's pretty compelling right there. I mean. Let's see. Any thoughts on these metrics, these analytical things you want to talk about, Chris? You want to move on to the games for next week? Let's kind of do a little breakdown of what we see on the games coming up. What do you think? I just, I think the, um, obviously the number that jumps off the page is that three and a half. And I know that the old fashioned logic is that when, when a book moves a team to that, adds that half a point. So you, you know, so you win, um, whatever you cover a field goal loss. Yeah. It's generally like, there's no doubt of it. That's the trap bet, right? He's trying to entice the public into taking that team. Yeah. I'm curious to see. And if you're doing it in real time on bet gadget, you can see what that oh, yeah. line opened at. I wonder how many of those lines opened plus two or plus three and were moved to plus three and a half because the book had sharp action on the other side. Um, curious. Uh, something that I'll follow up with after afterwards. But, um, Let me see if I can grab that for you. Let's see. I, I need to bounce back down. So minus three and a half. I picked on the games. The games were here. This one actually, here's the opening lines. Here's the eight games it captured, right? So Atlanta didn't move, right? No line movement. So no alignment on the first one. The second one didn't move. The third one didn't move. The fourth one moved. Kansas City went from two and a half to three and a half against Jacksonville, which being a local, I thought Kansas City was that was a trap game, so I didn't touch it. Um this one down here actually went 
10 at Cleveland. Well, actually, this was a reverse line movement as well, wasn't it? It went from four down to three and a half at 36% of the split. You see that one? So we've got what, two out of two of them out of so far. This one went as well. That's three. This one moves four. So four out of eight moves, Chris. Yeah. Which is, you know. Yeah, a couple of them in the direction that I'm interested in. You know, if it goes from minus four to minus three and a half, I don't know that that's as enticing to people as if it goes from six to three and a half. half. Exactly. Here's the thing, too. We capture the numbers when the line opens. How many times do you see the line open at some number and 10 minutes later it moves and never moves again for the rest of the week, right? That's not really a line movement to me. And I see it all the time. I've gone to websites where I, I do the history of the line movement, and it'll literally say the line came out at three, it went to three and a half, five minutes later, it never moved for seven days. That's not line movement. The other thing is, too, with the, with that first batch of movement. So the I was just reading something about this today. It's a book called The, uh, the Logic of Sports Betting. I think it's by a guy named Ed Miller. So I'll get you the name, but for real, by the end of the podcast, mm -hmm. he has a very good point. Those initial bets for when the line first comes out on Sunday night, the limits are so low that it's not really a tremendous amount of money that's going into those. It's really the following couple of days by Wednesday that the limits increase and the people who are actually pros can get down a large enough bet that it's enticing. A pro doesn't care to bet $200 or even $1,000 in a line that just opened. So, right. Sometimes very, very initial line movement is not particularly valuable. Um, That's interesting. Actually, I should throw a little nugget about Chris. We were talking to Chris last night. You're, you live in Jersey, right? You were talking about last night about how Jersey has like probably the betting capitals kind of the way I took it. You said everybody in Jersey loves to bet on sports and just bet in general, right? So you must know some of the sharps. Yeah, it's, I'm minus Vegas. I, I, uh, I call it the I call it the non Vegas betting capital of, uh, <laughs> of America. People from New York, as always, will chime in and say, "Oh no, man, I'm better live, but whatever." <laughs> That's awesome. All right, let's let's look at the games coming up this week really quick. Then we'll get to the NHL, which is your your sport, which I'm excited to talk to you about. Um, let's see here. So this week, let's just kind of just do a really quick run through. Kansas City plays tomorrow night. They're playing local. We got our chairman sitting here. He's at the, the man on the chair across the room. He's going to the game tomorrow night, I think. Tim, go to two. So let's see here. We've got Kansas City as a 10-point favorite opening. It's gone to 10.5 with 57% of the split. The bet's on Kansas City, which means it's it's a forward line movement. 33% of the money, which is yeah, interesting. But yet the Passan model predicts this game's going to be about a two to three point difference. I look at this, actually, I guess I should probably pick the right model before we even get, say, too much more, right? Let me take the model I've been kind of playing with. I'm not religious on this model. This model says, basically, Kansas City's got about a 16% predictive confidence, higher predictive confidence. And you can see I've got a whole bunch of data in here based on, I, I really kind of been hammering the team stats, trying to focus on that as much as the, uh, the uh, betting lines. Actually, it's funny, because Kansas City's got a negative 39% home win percentage because we're only five games in and they lost to Detroit week one. So they're one and one. So they don't get a lot of credit for their home win percentage, which is actually a negative. That's interesting. Denver has not got anything going for them. Talk about an ugly team, man. They are ugly to watch. So I don't know. I, I would say this is probably a no bet for me. Uh, you have any thoughts, guys? I'm kind of with you on that. Same. I would, I 10 points in NFL is just too many points unless you're going to buy the dog and I'm not buying Denver on the road in Kansas City, the Super Bowl yeah. champs. I'm just going to, 
watch the game, watch my fantasy players, and drink a beer. Let's see, October 15th, Sunday. Baltimore is at minus four and a half open. They're going to four and a half. You got t- Tennessee. I would take Tennessee. Oh, my model doesn't agree with me, but man, Tennessee is tough at home. They're well coached. They're disciplined. Passan doesn't actually Passan says they'll cover by half a point. Probably another no bet for me. You got Baltimore at 23%. No line movement. I don't know, guys. What do you think? Any thoughts? Any? I am I'm a no bet on it. I'm pulling up a model that I've been going with for NFL which hasn't been particularly successful, but it can at least pinpoint me to a bet. I am also a no-go on this, but I do it. I'm the public with my knowledge. If I just look at this game, I, I, I'm on part of the uh, 77% of the bets on Tennessee. Um, I agree with that. I, was... I agree with you. And for all the reasons you state, I think that that's a favorite. That's a, almost like that line should be reversed. I think Tennessee maybe should be favored, but um, mm-hmm. it's a no-bet for me at this point. It is me too. By the way, I have a question for you. You're, you're up in New York area. Are you a Jets fan or a Giants fan? <laughs> I'm a uh, Giants fan. Interesting. I was gonna, I kind of I thought you'd be a Jets fan. That was that's what I was going to guess. But man, it must be a tough year for you being a Giants fan, bro. Jesus. Yeah, no, it's uh, it is what it is. <laughs> hey, extraordinary low expectation. I will say with Jets and Giants, though, it's not like you loathe one. Like I generally. Most adults root for both teams, you know. Uh, I or at least I do. Yeah, yeah. I I can see that. Let's go to the next game. Miami, Carolina. Carolina is a bad team. They're a young team, good staff. Man, that line has gone from ten and a half to thirteen and a half. Eighty-eight percent of the money. I I in baseball, I've learned when you get up to about eighty to ninety percent of the split, it has a pretty good result. I've noticed that the analytics show that once you get about eighty-five to ninety-five percent of the split. They tend to do pretty well in terms of results. Of course, you usually pay for it on baseball at minus three or four hundred, right, on the money line. But here, it's gone from ten and a half to thirteen and a half. People are hammering Miami moving the line. The Passan model says they're going to beat them thirty-four to eighteen. That's a bet I might throw a unit on it, but I probably wouldn't get so overly excited again. That's a lot of points. There's a lot of parity in the NFL. What do you think? I've had so far on the NFL. Every time I look at this, I come up with the same thing. I'm I'm worried about it's a no bet, you know, <laughs> because of the parity in it. So it's kind of trying to figure that out. I look at this right now with Miami at minus eight hundred on the money line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's brutal. Uh, yeah, I, I I couldn't do it unless you're going to take two two or three heavy favorites and try to get even money on it. Then you're doing a parlay, and then those are dangerous. That's that's just not a path I want to be on. Yeah, that's why I I could kind of pass. What do you think, Chris? Any thoughts? I got Miami. Minus 11 and a half. Did you? I don't like him at minus 13 and a half. But that was, whatever, that's one of the ways they use the tools. If, he, if it gets flagged early in the week for some interesting line movement, I'll take a look at some of the market-making books and uh, whatever. Hopefully, I can get a couple points. If you get a couple points in the NFL, you're doing... You yeah, you're getting value. You're player. getting some real value. Honestly, for me, bro, I look at the, the the difference, the delta between the predictive confidence. This one's got plus 28, so that's what I usually do. Actually, matter of fact, I'll even sort this by the difference. We'll do it that way, and I'll make sure I skip over the ones we see. Let's just see what the highest probability games are. There's the Jets. You know, the Jets are bad, but, man, their defense is good. I don't know if I would touch this one either. This one's got, what, a 35% difference? You got any money on the Jets? You're a local. You should have a little bit of a breakdown on this game. I actually do like the Jets here, only because I think Philly is one of those teams who's, I've actually watched them play a lot this year, 
they I think their num their numbers look a lot better than than they are. Uh, I think it's set a touchdown at home. You know, I find the Jets compelling in this spot, and I also, you know, the public doesn't, which I always generally tend to like. Exactly, uh, I love that too. And I I have a I like a team, and the public's on the other side. I I'm with you, man. That makes me happy. I, that's the highest one um, we just talked about. Well, we didn't talk about Indianapolis. I would not touch this Indianapolis, Jacksonville. Everybody's high on Jacksonville right now. This model's screaming Indianapolis. And even the line's gone from six to four on Jacksonville at 13. That, we got reverse line movement here, actually, don't we? The Jacksonville started at six, has gone down to four at 13% of the split. That's insane. There's some. It looks like there's big money on Jacksonville, but man, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I would touch that game. You guys have anything? I think we're just going to ignore that game. Here's your t- here's yeah. your team. Ooh, Buffalo on the road. Looks like Sac City to me, but, you know, I don't know, man. At some point, the Giants are going to show up and basically not give up a sack and surprise the hell out of people, and everybody's going to go, what happened? It happens in NFL every week, right? Somebody shows up and just side blinds, side, uh, blindsides somebody every time. I will say generally – if there's a plus, anything over plus 500 in the NFL on a money line, I'm not saying I'm going to auto bet it, but it's going to get my attention because that's a lot. Then that's a massive. It is. Uh, it is. Yep. EV on that and, and the game as tight as the NFL is almost like it gets my attention. I'm not saying bet the Giants money line by all means. I don't know what to say about that one. So look, deeper into it. Mm hmm. I, I like Buffalo. I think they'll win, but I think it could be a lot closer. I don't think I would bet that. I just don't know what I would do with that game. We got the Miami game we talked about. Let's see if there's any other games. Let's, let's skip a couple of these games. Let's get into some primetime games. Tampa-Detroit's an interesting game to me. I feel like Detroit's a really good team, a really well-coached team, a really sound team, every aspect of the game. And that's going from 2.5 to 3, but it's forward line movement. My model's got a 26% difference. The minus three is dangerous, though. We were talking about the analytics show the plus three is kind of that range where you start to, you know, if it was minus three and a half, I'd probably be much more excited about it and buy half a point. Let's see. So I'm going to skip that one. Got our fire on this one. This one shows reverse. Our, our little flame over here showing reverse line movement. So you got Cincinnati, which Basal model is all over Seattle, but it also looks at the stats from previous games. It's not going to be as credible after, like it would be after months of baseball, right? So I don't know. I I, I would not bet Cincinnati. That team is ugly. I wouldn't bet Seattle on the road going from West Coast to East Coast either. Let's see. San Francisco. Wow, look at this line movement. I haven't, I've not looked at the lines yet this week, so I'm kind of like getting my first glimpse at them. What do you think of that one? Two and a half to seven? This is one where I, where I, I actually watch this one closely. And because um, my biggest position last week was, was the San Francisco. I really wanted San Francisco minus three, and I ended up getting it on profit exchange. I don't think you guys have – you guys have access to our exchange mm-hmm. in Kansas City? No. Where you can put a your price if people pick it up? No, no. You know what actually happened to me on that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, no. You... I, actually, you know what I did in this game? I was, the game, they were, San Francisco was minus three and a half at Dallas, and I was sitting at home. That was my favorite game of the week as well, and I wanted to hit San Francisco really hard. We're talking like four, five, six units, which is kind of the high end for me, right? And I was sitting there. I was like, man, I don't want to buy the half a point, but I, I'm going to lie bet it. I'm hoping the game, like, 
Dallas goes down, kicks a field goal, blind bet drops to three or two and a half. I never could catch the line. I just watched the line go up and up and up and up and up. And I finally turned on a movie. I was not happy with myself. <laughs> you get on that? No, I do. And I took them begrudgingly. But that two and a half was available. I think there's seven betters in the United States that yeah, that that's. I mean, San Francisco is definitely the best looking team right now. I I I honestly, the only way I would touch San Francisco. I mean, I would touch them a lot of times, but on this bet, I'd go, man, if I could get this team at like on a teaser, which I don't do teasers until really late in the year, typically. And I don't do a lot of them, but you get late in the year where teams basically, you know, almost playing for the first pick in the draft, trying to get a quarterback, and you know they're not really gonna. They're playing scrubs. You kind of know that late in the year kind of who's going to win certain games. You can sometimes pull a teaser off. I've done pretty well at it. But this game, if I was going to tease that, God, you'd have to take, what, San Francisco minus one. God, what other game would you even tease it with? I don't even maybe I wouldn't touch Philly. Not on the road there. I don't even know if there's a second game to even do a teaser. Let's look. The Rams, Arizona, wouldn't do that one. That's a conference game. They'll scare the hell out of me. Dallas minus two with the Chargers. Don't want actually the Chargers home plus two. I love that bet. I like this bet a lot, even though the reverse line movements on Dallas. Of course, the, of course, right now you know the NFL thing is when the value goes down, people start getting down on a team. They tend to play well, and the value shifts on you. Right? You got to be smart about that. Week to week, it's huge difference. You have any thoughts on the Dallas Chargers game? You got Dallas at thirty six percent of the money or split. I think the line's right. I think that's a really solid line. Do you really? Yeah. Interesting. New England, Vegas. I kind of like this Vegas one minus three a lot with a reverse line movement. A team that won last week. Two really bad teams, but New England is really, really looking bad this year right now. Of course, NFL there's parody. Wouldn't surprise me if Belichick pulls out a master game plan and beats them because they're not exact. Las Vegas is not exactly great either. So. I don't know. Let's game like that. There, how much of that line move? That one and a half to plus one and a half to plus three is a substantial difference. How much of that is based on how bad the performance of New England was last week? So whatever teams are I, coming off a blowout loss, they're quasi competent. They just, it's another. It's another game I'll take a look at. Um, mm-hmm. But the way this will be, I'm almost tempted to wait and maybe get a half point. You think in New England? Yeah, only because of they're coming off a blowout. I don't know that. I think these are two very evenly matched bad teams. I'll take a field. I take a three and a half points in, in that scenario. Right? Yeah, I, I can't argue that. I cannot argue with you at all. It's probably a game I would not touch. I might live bet it in the second half and get a feel for it. But again, it may run away from me. I may never get on it anyway. Let's see. Are there any other games? Maybe we should keep moving. Let's get to hockey. That's your love anyway, isn't it? Betting hockey. Yeah, we get. Love. I think it's a lot easier than than a market that's so tight like the like the NFL. Um, and we've got a live question coming in, too. Oh, we do? We'll take before we jump to, to NHL. What's the question? Griffin Griffin's joining us with a live call-in. Cool. And so we're, we're testing out our new technology. Awesome. There he is. Hey, there he is. Welcome, Griffin. Uh, yeah, I can't, yeah, can't hear you. Are, are you muted, 
Griffin? Did somebody do that? Yeah, we're trying to unmute you. Can you hear me now? There you yeah, go. there you go. Perfect. Okay, there we go. Sorry. Uh, so I've been watching you guys uh, through the last eight episodes and whatnot, and I'm new to a lot of this. Um, you guys bet a lot of money lines, and like I know on DraftKings, I can look up parlays, over-unders. Mm-hmm. You guys find a benefit in doing just money lines versus over-unders, parlays, stuff like that? That's a good question. I, honestly, these guys know that I did not bet baseball until this year. I bet playoffs and things when I go to the games to make it interesting, but I never really try to build a bankroll. And so what I did is I started off actually, the thing about baseball, and somebody told me like a long time ago, when you're betting baseball, never fall for the spread, right? Because there's so many, like I think it was a 30-some percent of the games end up in a one-point difference or something, so that unless you're getting plus one and a half at a good value, don't ever take the spread. Over-unders, we have people on our tool, on our platform that are religious about over-unders. They're very good at it, and they have umpire stats and things like that. I like to focus on the on the money line. And so the reason I, I guess to answer your question, I started off betting favorites with my model, which if you ever watch kind of the, the daily videos, and I kind of flipped the script from the favorites to the dogs about, I think about middle of July, and I just crushed it. And, and the, tr- the model was working, the trends were consistent, and I, and I was just riding it until it, it stopped. And it worked all the way up pretty much to the last three days of the year. Once they kind of started putting players on the bench and the rookies were coming up and there was too many variables, the model didn't seem to work as well. But honestly, bro, the... <laughs> I, I love the dogs. I love the money line. And I'm planning on to do this, the exact same thing on a hockey. Because hockey, as I under, uh, read the other day or a couple weeks ago, was it, what is it, Chris? Like 43 or 44% of the uh, hockey games, the dogs yeah, win? Low 40s, you'll see, you'll see um, dogs hit. And that's the thing, too, Griffin. It's really sport dependent. Like every generally football, basketball are going to be spread sports. Baseball and hockey are going to be money line sports. But like, there's no benefit to hold one over the other. Anywhere there's an edge is where, where it's a good bet. And like, even when you start getting off of the main markets, you start looking at a, a first half or, or, or first period totals or whatever, you know, the less off of that main market you get, the softer it is. So like, whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, if there's an edge on the spread, or if there's an edge on the money line, it's an edge. Okay. You take it. Yeah. Um, what, what, sports, what sports do you like to bet on? What sport do you like to bet on, Griffin? What's your favorite sport to bet? Uh, I mean, I like to bet, you know, some NFL every now and then. That's my favorite to bet on. It's the hardest to win at, it seems like. Yeah. Sorry, we have a little delay, so I'm not trying to talk over you. Just a small delay. Yeah, NFL, I I, I bet spreads. I, I don't like the money line because you, you can see when I was looking at NFL a few minutes ago, you're paying minus 400, minus 500 on the favorites, the dogs. You get the right team. Like I, I like that San Diego, or I should say, LA Chargers now home bet at plus two. But is it really enough? You know, plus money to really make it attractive? I don't know. Something I'll have to think about. Yeah, I originally started you looking at it from the money line perspective as well, but I don't like the cost of those bets with that. You know, minus eight, what hundred and the and the stats coming out now between that three to three and a half point spread right there. Really, those games seems to be much more compelling to look at it from that perspective. Eggs, I, I agree with you. I, I think uh, three, three to three and a half or less is probably the only time I'd ever. Yeah, the money, the money line, which I started with, I, I wound up just my head spinning, going, "This is just not working for me." What other questions do you have? Any other questions? Well, uh, that was really it. I just was watching and kind of looking at a few things. No, that's fine. I appreciate the questions, man. I, you can. 
ask questions as much as you want. We're just kind of sitting here kind of winging it, going through our, our list of questions and kind of chatting up with Chris. Chris is one of our, uh, actually, while we're kind of taking a moment, I mean, Chris, kind of talk about kind of your experience, I guess. We, we haven't done this yet because I mean, we, we met you through Bat Gadget, right? We, we kind of built this tool and we met you through that. And maybe just for a minute while Griffin's here and everybody's sitting here, why don't you tell us kind of how you how you kind of found out about Bat Gadget, kind of what you learned by using it and kind of your experience. Sure, sure. Um, I, I actually don't. I, I'm, I'm going to guess I felt it's weird because I go to uh, like just as not part of my routine. I'll check out like the Reddit uh, subreddit uh, sports book. Really, for, I'm not being pompous or whatever. A lot of that, like people are out there like shit posting. Like it's really more for a laugh. <laughs> Five thousand good resources for that time. Yeah, this was one of them. And uh, whatever, this is just like Griffin. I like started like you. Like I really didn't know much. I knew uh, whatever stuff that you learn from cultural references. And like a lot of people, when I wanted to learn more about betting, my first stop was like action, like the action network and um, whatever. Like I learned a little bit about what their business model is. And so long as they use affiliate marketing, it's like, I like, it's a little bit of a red flag. And then whenever I start learning about market efficiency, partial gains, derivatives, or whatever, you just like, you know, like knowledge-based bands and uh, whatever, somewhere in that process, I ended up with Bet Gadget, which kind of was convergence of all of these different principles because uh, you have some tools that are for, I would traditionally do what you would call like a top-down bet where I'm just looking for the softest line. Um, but you also have the ability to do the bottom-up approach with Bet Gadget where you're going to do a statistical model, particularly later in the seasons with a larger sample set. And you can do that. Uh, you know, the reverse, like the bottom up approach where you have your own number and you're comparing your own number against inefficiencies in the market, which to me is a way greater task than the market approach because I don't, whatever. It's, I feel like it's unfair. You know, it's like not, not to take anything away from us, but there's syndicates and guys from MIT crunching numbers, you know. It's us versus that. I feel like the deck is a little stacked against us in some regard. It doesn't mean you can't get an edge, but um, so yeah. Anyway, that's how I ended up here. <laughs> yeah. No, that's I that's guys, yeah, but I do have to cut off for a little while. No, you're fine. Right, thanks. You're fine. Man. You're fine, Griff. Appreciate the question. Yeah, I'm in your Discord. I, I follow your stuff. What's your uh, handle or username? You guys next week. What's the username? Do what? What's your uh, username on the on Discord? Uh, it would be G Pub. G Pub. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a shout out next time we're on there. We're on there every day, but I mean, I don't, I don't notice all the names. We'll definitely give you a shout out, bro. Ask questions anytime. You guys have a good night. Thanks all right, you too. Much. Thanks, Rip. Yep. All right, let's let's jump. How much time do we have? Why are we doing on time? Let's right, check. We got about twenty minutes. Good. Let's get into Chris's favorite topic, I think, which is NHL. Talking. So, Chris, I want to have do a little little experiment with you i have a blank slate of analytics so i'm going to start building a couple analytical models for fun not models actually analytical models and we're going to uh we're going to do we're going to basically kind of see how i'm going to just see how you would do this because you're an hl guy i don't really i don't really watch a lot of hockey a little bit i've been to capital game capitals games a couple times and i watch it a little bit here and there so i'm going to do let's say let's let's find a gadget so the first question i'm gonna let you drive where do you want to start? Spreads, over-unders, money line? Where would you start for our analytics? All right, well, I threw the other one, so let me, let me like, cheat a little bit and look at mine. Um, 
This is not a model. It's more analytics. I'll, I'll give you an example if you want to see what I'm saying. I'll, I'll well, say. Okay. It's like a single uh, gadget kind of model. Can you pull up? Can you pull up the ones that you have for um, MLE? Sure, I'll, I'll pull up. You want to see an analog? Yeah, yeah. So here, yeah. So like, I have all these ranges, right? I have the ERA ranges for team, like pitcher stats. I got the WHIP, as you you know, you hear me talk about the 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 money line and splits and all the different kind of betting metrics. Yeah. Okay. So. Let's go back to NHL. I would say I would never bet NHL. The little bit I know about NHL, I would probably never bet the uh, um, the spread. I just don't like spreads on one and a half, right? I would probably be betting money line mostly. I'd probably be betting dogs. So I would. The first thing I would do is I would I would look at your your head's in the right place. I would look at money line, and I wouldn't even look at movement or a thing. I'm just going to assign a value for the different. Um, Basically, the different spread amounts. So, like the first one, I have. Let's do it. I have that extreme scenario of like minus a thousand to minus three hundred. I personally, I don't really ever want. I'm not really going to take a minus three hundred. So, I want that to be prohibitive enough where I'm not going to get a pick on a minus three hundred game. Well, I'm just going to make a value. Watch, watch this. I'm going to put NHL. I'm going to put money line. At, I'll just do this. Actually, I better put at, let's say, minus 300 to minus 1,000. And I'm just going to save it. I'm going to go do another one, which we'll see really quick what, what the results were for that for one day. If there's any games that even made that range. Oh, I put in the wrong, wrong, the wrong group. There's one tonight. I think the Bruins posed a minus 350. That was last night or tonight? Oh, sorry. That was tonight, and okay. so we don't know if it worked. Yeah, we won't know till tomorrow. No, oh shit! I just if you deep current, but the classic analytic, like the one that, um, like the one hundred and one betting model, is going to be uh, a, a visitor who's favored in any capacity. Yeah. On three to four days rest. Yeah. I don't know that we could do that. Yet, let's let's just build. We'll, we'll do let's do this again in, in another show very soon. And I'll, we'll get into some modeling. And we'll make this really good. Like right now, I just want to kind of focus. Let's just do a couple other ones. I'm going to jump around a little bit with you. So let me go back here. Let's make another model. I'm going to make this one. Like this is, let's say home away favorite underdogs. I always like to do these. So let's just look at the records of teams that are favorites that are away and call that NHL favorite away. What I'm doing is I'm kind of showing how I kind of start to do this. H NHL. You know, you're doing one oh you're doing at base level, which is probably far more valuable than complex level. But yeah, no, this is for analytics. What I do is I and actually I'll show you what I do is I build these out and I start to see some trends. I kind of get a feel for how I want to populate the, the weights or the percentages across my model based on what I'm kind of seeing. Sometimes that's flawed because things change, obviously, right? Um, but let me put this in the analytics group, go back to analyze. So I've now got that, which home away favorites. I guess I should put in the date range. It's not, well, this is Tuesday, Wednesday. And again, we just turned on betting or the um, NHL yesterday. So I got to make sure this is actually working, but it doesn't seem to because away favorites had to do on something yesterday, right? Anyway, I'll keep going for the sake of kind of proving this out. 
There wasn't? Uh, there's only three games. Okay. Well, it's, it's possible there's only three games. Let's, uh, let's, let's do it. Well, let's do NHL home favorites. We'll definitely find out the answer really quickly. There must have been one of the two. No question about that. Okay, NHL home favorites. We'll go back down to the money line range. We'll hit the this gadget. Let's do what I say. Home favorites. There were actually no away favorites yesterday. Oh, well, that, that makes me that makes me feel a lot better. I'll put this in the analytics group. Go back to the analyze page, and boom, we should. There we go. One and zero. Oh. Nice. So I'm just going to do a couple, one more actually, and then we're going to jump to the next one. Let's go back here, hit new. This is kind of how we build all the different analytical kind of dashboard stuff. I'm kind of showing, kind of demonstrating kind of how we build analytics with a tool. And we'll get into some other things quickly. So games, let's go back to new. Let's go make another one and make this one. I'm going to do the opposite this time. I'm going to do the away underdog. And then we'll kind of talk about um, away, under, dog, put that in the analytical group. I don't really need the over-under for my targets. I'm going to close that out, go back to analyze, and we should have, oh, two more games. Home favorites, away, underdogs. I feel like we're missing a game. What games do we have here? We got the Tampa-Nashville game. Okay. You should only have three games in... There's, there's only been three games that have been completed. Mm -hmm. So we need home underdog, right, basically. I'm not, yeah, you're showing two. Right? We always have a couple bugs when we start a sport. There's always like one or two games that get missed the first couple of days of the games, right? We always have to kind of figure out what's when we're pulling the API or we're, we're scraping the information off the internet. We always kind of learn, hey, the, the, what was the one in NFL? NFL, we had a problem with Jacksonville. We thought it was JAC how the team was basically identified. It was J-A-X, right? Because the way it was set up, and so there was a bug, and we have to fix these things. So anyway, what's the last one here, Brian? We wanted to build NHL, and it was basically, a, what was that one? I'll look. Can you do a, a flip? Is that basic enough for NLA? Can you do a team that started as a uh, small favorite and ended up as, as a dog? Uh, Yep, yeah, I think so. I, I know that's I have to build a model to do it, but I'll do that for you here in a minute. So basically, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go. I don't back. quite get your line between analytics and mod. The, the line can be blurred at some places, perhaps, or maybe they just don't comprehend it. No, that's, that's fine. Let's, let's let's build a model doing exactly what you said. So now I'm going to build in that. Those were kind of just an example. I, I basically build all kinds of these little one single gadget analytical models, so I get a whole screen of information. Right. So you wanted to see NHL model. Where they start off as a dog and end up as a favorite, right? And, and what I don't want to complicate the ham sandwich here, but what I would draw my attention to at that point maybe would be the puck line. Okay. Let me see if I can do that. And then you're gonna have pretty decent value on a flip puck line. Um, so I, I'll need to know the money line, and I'll know, need to know the split, the range. And I need to base, I'm trying to think of which gadgets I want to do here. So I want to basically the change amount. Change for both. Yeah, I need that one. I need to also probably the change direction, which maybe I don't need the change direction. I'm trying to think about this for a second. If I'm going to go from negative, let's say 200 to plus one, let's say negative 100 to plus 100, right? That's kind of what I'm trying to get to. Exactly. Money, money. Okay. 
So let's do this. Let's say if the, they started off here, this may actually require the ability to actually modify the tools. I have not done this yet. So I'm kind of thinking this, you kind of gave me a good challenge. I think what I need to do is have bail add two gadgets with a money move them. Well, I thought move them out the money line, I should say over here. So basically let's say they start off as a negative 200 to zero. We give that a point. And if it goes from zero to let's say 200 in the positive side, Let's, let's actually make this 100 because I have better values. Or let's say 100. Then we put this one at 100. This probably isn't going to work. But then the change direction has to be really big to, to capture this. So let's see here. Percentage of amount. The money line we say might actually. Hold on. I'm sorry. This was a terrible idea to bring up in real time. <laughs> No, it's fine because you're actually making me try to make the tool do something I haven't tried to do with it. But you get the point. I'll tell you what. I will take a note of this. I will go back. We will hammer through it, and I will figure out how to make it work, and I will share the model with you. We'll review it. Yeah. That sounds like a good uh, follow-up. Like, so I'm going to a little bit of down a rabbit hole. I know we can do it. I mean, look at the models we've done for baseball. I mean, just the uh, the modeling piece. And actually, what I want to show you, what I really wanted to show you, but I don't have a time because we only have an hour, and I want to, I want to change some dates really quickly. This is what I really wanted to show because I think this is really the power of what we do. Is that I was betting, or I was making NFL models, which this is going to update in a second. My internet's not, we're, we're streaming, so it's a little bit slow, right? As I basically, what I did, Chris and Brian, I basically went out and made a home plus away model, nothing else, right? And then I went in and said, okay, I want to add the team stats. And I'll show you. I basically went in here and there's nothing more than what I just said. Home win percentage, Add some weights across all the different, you know, 10% kind of ranges. Way the same thing. And I kind of got the key team stats. That's not really the point I'm trying to make, but I'll, I'll show you what the key point is here. Let me go back to the analyze page, get back to models. And what I did is I kept adding more gadgets to my model. So I went from home and away to home and away plus team stats, plus then the spreads. And then I added the splits and I added this, the spread change direction. And you can see what I was doing. I, as I got further and further, my percentages started going up to a point where I got too many gadgets and it started going back down. And so I go to model two and I took out some of my gadgets and look what happened. I went to 75%. This model actually was doing great after two weeks, but the sample size was too small. And then the third and fourth week, I didn't really do well, but actually after five weeks, look, 75% on money line, which it should be, but plus 18 units, that's pretty impressive. But on the on the spreads, I wouldn't I wouldn't get excited about that. So you can kind of see I'm increment. What's that? Yourself short on the spreads because, for example, yourself. I use this model. I promise you, I'm going to beat most of those spreads. Well, that's the thing too. Is I don't I don't pick every game either, right? With let's say I beat how many of those games were decided by a point or two that based depending on what the time of your bet was, you actually might have covered the spread. That's it's not based on the closing line. So that's my that's true. No, you're right. Let me click on this. Let's go see some of the games. There's 39 games, so it's going to take a minute because we're streaming. But the point of it is I like to bake a lot of different gadgets, put them into different models and compare models and start to see what models are working and why and have different time. With baseball, I'll do like two-week snapshots, two-month snapshots, different weights within the model. So we're kind of – this is the first show where we really kind of got really deeper into the modeling, which I'd like to do more of, like more of a roundtable modeling kind of thing. Absolutely. We've been talking about that. Um so anyway, here's the answer to your question, right? Look at these. I mean, 
So we basically were talking about basically the spreads, you know, lost, but they lost by 23. Um, a point wouldn't have done it there. That's a good that, example of the point I was trying. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of skimming through here, but let's see here. This model, honestly, on the close games, did not exactly crush it. This one at one and a half did what? Plus one and a half. I love plus one and a half games. Cleveland, I, I love plus one, plus two games at home, right? But you can kind of see through this. I don't want to go quite down the rabbit hole. We're going to definitely prep. We're going to definitely jump into NHL. We're going to really get some. I'll, I'll build a whole bunch of analytics. I'll probably catch you offline. We'll build some models collaboratively, and we'll come back, and we'll revisit this. How's that? For 50 minutes, it's too, it's too much time. Not enough time. What else do we have on the agenda, by the way? I want I want to make sure we kind of stay with I get smacked if I go over my time, and I got about six minutes. What are the model of the week? The model of the week, which, by the way, we did our first NFL. NFL. Which actually, we should probably do NHL at some point soon. But for NFL, a guy named Nick Henley, which honestly, I need to see what his model was because he's, I've shared a lot of models with the guy, but Nick actually won the NFL model of the week. And congratulations, Nick. By the way, Chris, if we would have stuck with baseball, you would have won baseball for the second week in a row. Yeah, I saw that, but that's all right. I want Nick Henley to enjoy his victory for model of the week. Yeah, so our, our marketing SME will get with him and send him a payment of 50 bucks for that, which is just a little teaser to kind of keep the guy modeling and predicting and doing what we do. NHL, we talked about, well, let's talk about NHL. What's kind of the next step there? We kind of talked about the modeling piece of it. Is there anything else that we want to talk about for NHL? Well, I mean, I, I think you've covered a number of items there. The ability for if you guys are build some more models and come back and talk about that, I've, I think that's key. Yeah. Or for the next step with NHL, I think what I'm learning now, actually, as we do this, was like what our eighth episode is. When I'm going to basically get into a rabbit hole of going down the model path, I need to frame it with some pre work so I can walk it through versus yeah. kind of type it up. But honestly, I mean, Chris knows, and you have a lot. I saw your some feedback from Tim today about all your ideas around kind of how to build better models in NHL based on days off. And maybe you want to talk talk about that for a minute, kind of how you like to look at NHL. Because I want to hear that. Yeah. yeah. You know what I think would be very valuable? I know we're short time, so I'll say this in three sentences. Um, I would, if you, if you were to build a model that was going to target me to a game where you saw value, there's so many little weird quirks to NHL. I would take you through what I would do with that pick, like whether it be through a offline, if there was a, a dog that you, you you tagged, maybe there's value in the reverse puck line with the totals. First period totals are a really big spot where people catch value. So it's almost like there's a there's a 201 to the 101, but um, yeah, rest. And then you, we got to consider how to treat the goalie. Uh, Vardami is wondering if, if, if uh, it's more effective to treat the goalie as um, you would a pitcher in baseball because – Goalie, goalie rotation is a lot more common now than it used to be. You know, I don't know that that would be something that was necessary. Um, so there's a number of nuanced things that I think can gain some value in the market, but it kind of starts with the meat and potatoes like you were just doing. Um, exactly. You know, I, I, I think what I'd like to do, if you're willing to do it, is I'd like to collaborate, go offline, Build some analytics, build some NHL models kind of collaboratively. We can share them, edit them, whatever. Come back, do a roundtable, and let the let the community kind of tell us what they agree and don't agree with and see what kind of feedback we get. What do you think? Is that fair? 
I'm always willing to spend more time gambling. So, so. <laughs> I, I, 100%. Way to be predictable, Chris. Thank you. Very well done. When I go down a rabbit hole, you got to learn to hit me on the head with it. Yeah, we, well, I'll bring out the hammer of Thor again. Yeah, you need to hit me in the back of the head and go, dude, you're going down the rabbit hole. Get out of the rabbit hole. But, you know, sometimes I want to see if you can climb your way out of the rabbit hole because is that a real rabbit I'm hole? I'm six four, and I don't think I could get out of that rabbit hole. I could tell that was going to be like a two-hour exercise, and yeah, Tim well, was going to give me about five more minutes before he was going to smack me with that thing. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, so, so, Pet Gadget updates, right? Yeah. I'm going to give you guys a teaser. So we have a new UI, and it, this is this us playing with it, but I really want to uh, pop over and look through the Analyze page. This it just It's going to be cleaner. It's going to be, but you can kind of start to see the look and feels more professional, polished, kind of looks more, you know, less prototypey beta version. The other thing I will tell you, and I said this on the last show, is the UX, the usability of building models is going to get dramatically better in the next two months. We have our UX expert. He's out of Boston. We're going to make that much because it's it's pretty hard to model right now because you have to understand how to pick the right gadgets. Think about how many points per gadget. We've talked about this, yep. right? So we don't want to make it so easy. Everybody can build a model. There's no skill involved, but we are making improvements. Like it's kind of what I want to point out is we're starting to build some pretty cool opti optics. The viewing or the UI is just going to get cleaner and better. Yep. It's looking better and better. I've learned a ton. And it, this is even nicer. I, I like it. Yeah, I like it too. What else you want to talk about, Brian? Well, I think we're getting close to the end of our allotment for today for this session. So let's kind of, what did we learn today? Not to go down the rabbit hole. All right. I think we, I think we definitely found that out. Chris is, Chris is going to be a major contributor to the NHL world and bet gadget model building. So we're looking forward to that piece of it. Um, we have more podcasts coming up and we would, Definitely like to have more of our community members join us with those live questions. Like, thanks tonight, Griff, for joining in, asking your question. Uh, and when we get down to the roundtable of looking at these things, come on and join us. Uh, if you if you get on the Riverside platform link that we'll that we publish all the time, uh, and you're on a PC, you'll be able to hit the live button and join in. Type us a question, we can pull you in, and you can join in with us and ask those questions because the it's amazing how much information is exchanged in the community. That improves everybody's betting and improves the tool and the things that we're doing. Everybody learns something every day from each other. It's, uh, it's really cool. I love that part. All right. So please get active in the Discord. There's there's money to be made amongst us, amongst your peers. So get, yeah. get active in there. And I promise you will leave better off than you entered. Uh, at least I do. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's I, it's great info. I love the Discord. Actually, I, I look at a lot of Discords. I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. We'll make that a discussion for the next show. That'll be the next time. And right now, Chris, we want to thank you so much for joining us and sharing your betting wisdom from New Jersey. Thank you so much. Betting capital of the world. You're very welcome, man. And we can't wait to have you back on and see what I, I'm looking forward to what you guys come up with on the NHA model side. I'm excited. That's going to be really cool. Yeah. So on that amazing set of notes today, I'd like to sign us off on this week's Beyond the Odds. Thank you very much. Wrong roar Hammer of Thor. <laughs> and I broke it. Oh, that's okay. <laughs>